most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Good afternoon and welcome to this week's, the first of this week's episodes of the Race Hour podcast, kindly sponsored by BetMGM UK in association with gambling.com. As ever, I'm Darren Hughes in the host chair, but as ever, you aren't here for me, but my stunning panel of guests. And first up is Mr. Race Hour himself, German Nolan. How are you, German? All good, Darren. How's things? How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, looking forward to running through the Cheltenham undercard this week with you lads. It was yeah, a, a decent enough weekend's racing, but uh, we, we've got plenty to talk about anyway coming up uh, with, with the festival less than a month or only a month away now, as it is. Uh, next up is a man we can probably justify his describing as a race hour regular by now. It's Gary Connolly. All good, Gary? All good, Darren. All good. How are you? Brilliant. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm all good. All good. And last but certainly not least, the one man in this panel who's actually ridden a winner, Paddy Aspel. All good on your end, Paddy. Yeah, sound. How are you doing, boys? We're good. We're good. He prefers to be known as uh, as Jersey's champion jockey, isn't it, Paddy? That's right. <laughs> Is Jersey in the country? It's the only title I hold, but um, generally I was only out there for tax purposes, but managed to nick a few winners. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, good man yourself. Yeah, listen, as a fellow tax exile, I can, I can sympathise. Uh, anyway, instead of reviewing the weekend's action, we're going to take a quick look at the Cheltenham Festival undercard. Uh, some of the lesser lights of races that maybe haven't been covered in massive detail just yet, certainly by us here at the Race Hour. And we're going to start off with the Mayor's Hurdle on Tuesday. Uh, Lossy Mouth is obviously a very strong favourite here, kind of 4-6, to 8-11 to 11 with our sponsor, Sped MGM UK. Uh, Dermot Nolan, any opposition to the favourite? She was brilliant, wasn't she? She was She was so good uh, first time out. The, the, the only chink that I can see in her arm is that she looks really, really pacey in that two and a half miles could just be something but she does look that kind of you know superlatively talented that, that you just kind of say to yourself that horses like that belie any trip really you know they'll they could just keep winning any power nearly won a you know a, a stairs hurdle etc just because she she was that good but just uh, from an each way point of view darren because again this this race like a lot of them has the propensity to kind of cut up because you know you've got the likes of under control zenta and these horses there as well kind of around the place, Magical Zoe, they could all go handicapping. Um, so, you know, they, you could end up with kind of a weird field here. So I would be looking to not so much take her on, but take another chance in Gala Marceau, who I thought um, def- desperately needed that last run. Uh, should should come on an awful lot. I heard uh, Danny Mullins talking with the Toad, and he said that uh, she was she was quite, get, quite gassy on the day. So... Gallimar so at eight to one would just be my idea here, Darren, of a decent enough each way bet to the kind of to nothing because as the race shape here is, I think she definitely will be first three at the very least. But I think there could be enough improvement in there where she could at least trouble last amount there. That that's a more than fair argument there, um, Jeremy. Once again, I have caught myself out on mute. I will hold hands up. Uh, more than fair argument. It, it could be a race that you know, kind of similar to the champion hurdle. You could end up with a weird amount of owners. And you know, you could be nicking uh nicking a bit of value on the play side of the bet and maybe even on the win side of the bet also. Paddy, I'm gonna to come to you. I think the mayor at the, te- the head of the market looks pretty bomb proof. Uh do you are you in are you in agreement or what are your thoughts? Oh no, definitely. Um but she's priced according, isn't she? And uh, unless you're absolutely getting stuck in, you're not gonna be pulling much back out of Lossiemouth. But she deserves to be that price on what she did the other day and I mean, Dermot does touch on a good point. She is very pacey, but 
I do think that that effort the last day was, although she is pacey, it was the most manageable I've ever seen her um, in the early part of a race. Um, so I myself would be looking at the each way angle here and obviously Kenny Alexander, Dermo mentioned Garama, so he's got a very strong team here, but although she's nine year old, tell me something. Girl, they sacked off the Jason campaign pretty quick, didn't they? It just wasn't ah, happening. She jumped like a snooker table, didn't she? She didn't, she didn't jump great at all. Like she, she never really talked to us. No, it wasn't happening for her, to be honest. And look, you've got a good broodmare prospect there. You don't, you don't want to finish her jumping fences, but because she's shown that she's more than capable still, has got an awful lot of ability over the smaller obstacles. And although she is going to be given age to a good few of these, you know, she's got a really, really good RPR right up there with the best of these. I'd probably be looking at her maybe as each angle, considering Kenny Alexander has confirmed that both her and Garland are so are definitely going to go here. Oh God, she really should have won that race back then, shouldn't she? Jesus, that that that, that day when she came down behind Marie's Rock, I was never as heartbroken my whole life. Well, I have been, but not not quite watching Cheltenham. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just tough going on race, especially for uh, for her supporters. Uh, Two each way angles from the lads here, uh, Gary. Um, are you going to book the trend and just say get stuck in at four to six, eight to thirteen? No, I'll, I'll be with the lads each way here. Um, I'd be I've been tipping away now at this anti post for a while. I think Gail and Maxwell was is a right bet here each way. Um, she's ended up on Wednesday in the the Corvega Hurdle Pontestown. Anti post wise, she's got a shot up in the eights. Eight is just a, way too big. It's a massive price. She'll be sure after she she wins on. On Wednesday, um, like last season, her best performance was over the extended trip in Altai in March. Um, she beat a horse, Long John Blue, French horse, great woman. And since Sarah the Brave was back in tours, he won a Galway hurdle next time out. Um, I just think the extended trip will sue her more than Lossy Milk. Lossy Milk's likely as winner, but she like she last year she pulled the hallway around to try and pull the like she won't get away with doing that with this sort of trip against. Galamasso here. I think um, over this type of trip, Galamasso might just outstay the Fav. Uh, but she, I think she's bombed up in the top three. Can't see her in the top three. And um, it's one of these each way bets, like in the champion hurdle. It's tough to see Constitution Hill getting beat. It's more likely Lossie Mill will get beat here. And I think Galamasso is the one to beat if it happens. So um, yeah, um, I've had a decent bet each way on it. I'm going to keep tipping away until till the day. This could cut up as well. So, um, force trip at the moment. So, uh, yeah, strong, strong each way selection for me. Well, maybe that's a bit unexpected. Uh, we're going to kick the show off with an 8 to 13 fab that's opposed by all three members of the panel uh, to varying degrees of confidence, perhaps more, mostly so by Gary Connolly. We're going to move on now to the cross country chase on the Wednesday. Uh, strange look to this race in, in comparison to other years. It's something of a Gordon Elliott benefit, minus Melindo, who obviously does head the market, but Gordon has Galvin, dead to work, Cocoa Beach, conflated. There's a raft of grade one winners in here. I, I don't know whether I could stand over that, given the nature of the race and what it used to be. Gary, I'm going to stick with you. I might ask you for two thoughts. What should they do with this race and your thoughts on the winner at this stage, if you have any? It's the joke shop of a race now. They need to move it back to a handicap as soon as possible. Like it's um, it's just a benefit for one yard, as you said. Usually, um, and then those probably um, an outlier there, but it's it's just a fast race having these great one horses. It, it wasn't a race designed for those type of horses at all. Um, 
move it back to a handicap. And if it was a handicap, it'd be a real competitive race. Um, but it's just, it doesn't fit into the festival anymore. It's, um, yeah, a bit of a joke. So sooner they change it, the better. Um, in saying that, there is a few, because Elliot's running so many, it looks a decent enough race this year. Um, I'd just be siding with Manella in, though, I think. Um, short enough now, but had a decent sight there in December. It wasn't off a yard. Um, and been kept away for it since. So, likeliest winner for me, but too short to probably get stuck in. Um, really have a bad day. It's not going to be getting any shorter in the meantime. So, yeah, Manella can go. Yeah, hard to see him shortening up too much from the 5-2, to two, I suppose, maybe if other horses in the race are confirmed uh, for, for the race. Obviously, some uh, some question marks about Conflated's participation at this stage. Paddy, I'm going to come to you next. Same two questions I had for Gary. Would you be in favour of turning the race back into a handicap and maybe having a, a rating ceiling on it? And do you have any idea of the winner at this point? Yes, without a doubt. I think people's interest would grow an awful lot, Darren, if they would just turn this back into a handicap. Because, you know... I think ratings, in a sense, can go out the window here because, I mean, you look at the likes of Late Night Pass, he ran over hurdles the other day, Haydock, and he couldn't keep up if he'd have set off the day before. But you send him around a course like this, he's a different horse, and people are more than happy to run out of the handicap here because, you know, this is a real, real um, speciality course, really. And Manella Endo, obviously he went into plenty of notebooks, didn't he, when he made his debut round here, carrying plenty of weight. But because of that, he wasn't missed in the market. He was looked after that day. And I mean, they're almost like veterans races nowadays, aren't they, these? And obviously Gordon's got a very, very strong hand in this. But I mean, the likes of Foxy Jacks, I know he can be a bit of a liability at times. Under over-regulation ventures, I wouldn't ride him for a £1,000, Foxy Jacks. But I mean... He's pretty good round here, isn't he? When he gets it right, he's got an awful lot of ability. He did win round here last year. But the horse that I mentioned, Darren, late night pass, although he is 11-year-old, he just is different gravy around here. They ride him very, very patiently, just for a horse of his rating. Um, you know, He just travels so, so strong. And he does have a real liking for it here. And you've always got to keep an eye on the French horses here. And they're the much younger legs here with Hip Hop Conti. He's only a seven-year-old. You know, they've got an awful lot of miles on the clock over probably more difficult tracks than this in France. So they maybe find this test pretty easy. But I'd be looking at something like late night pass because you know he's going to run his race, whether younger legs or maybe something that bit classier are going to do him on the day. Uh, it, at least he represents a bit of value around about 10 or 11 to 1. Yeah, late night pass 10 to 1 with our sponsors, Beth MGM. Um, another each way selection there for Paddy Aspel. Uh, away from the front of the market, and he's probably correct in saying this is massively a specialist course. Dermo, I've yet to come to you on this. I know you probably have strong thoughts on what way the race should look uh, going forward in the future. Uh, you're also something of a Manila Indo fanboy. Does he win this? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I weirdly do. The... These colours always trap me in. Uh, I, I was a big Monley man as well. And then I was obviously Manella Indo and now I'm Monty Star. So whatever uh, whatever these colours are putting out, I'm definitely picking it up anyway. But uh, yeah, look, I love that that performance last time. This horse is a bona fide, you know, Gold Cup horse who, who's now dropping down, which seems to be the new credentials for this race. I think it's a bit of a joke that, that I I think the likes of this race should be kept for the likes of a Peter Maher, etc. Uh that's who I think should be run, should be winning cross country chases, um, not not 
horses that are just beyond gold cups uh, i know it's hard to fix but races like this in the fox hunter they, i just think that they're they're in the festival to serve a different level of trainer than uh the trainers that are maybe targeting it now i think it, it, it kind of is but look that's a different matter uh for another day um he he to me now does does represent value even even at that price because he's he's just such a such a good horse um i do like foxy jacks uh, from an each way point of view as well i think that uh paddy's point about horses kind of loving this race regardless of weight or not make sense and foxy jacks is such a strange horse because his best form is going left-handed but he jumps right he's just a bit of a nutcase whatever it is he, he like he's he's ran some screamers at leper sound etc um but it just all of them still have quite a bit to do to catch indo even based on his uh his normal form this season delta work has won it the last twice He's going to be very interesting. Obviously, Galvin ran a blinder here last year. Coco Beach was a natural last time I punched down, but I just wouldn't have him up to the to, to the phase of the top three. And conflated looks like yeah, he's going Ryanair. So I would have it down between the first three. Uh, my heart is telling me in though, and actually, my head is as well there. Right in heart for German Olin, and uh, general consensus there from the lads that the. Uh current makeup of the race uh, in terms of the conditions of it maybe aren't ideal as it stands move on now to the other race and the next race on the wednesday the final race on the wednesday i should say and i must confess this is a division that has largely passed me by this year it's the champion bumper probably fair to say the two main talking horses uh have been maureen and tishan on the respective sides of the irish sea and paddy asked well i'm going to come to you first of all can you shed some light maybe on this race for us and our listeners well, even the form of the Maureen race has already been franked, hasn't it? I think it was the third or fourth came out and won quite well the other day. And yeah, obviously went into the race with a fair old reputation, got the job done. And I think it's always worth noting, I do find that when Patrick thinks he's on a proper one, he tends to go around the houses, doesn't he? It's what he did on Maureen that day. And she was strong through the line. Um, Tishan, very, very interesting little horse. I mean, I watched that race and... I mean, the runner-up was a huge price, although he, he he looked a fair specimen in the paddock beforehand. And Tishan, he wouldn't knock your eye out or anything, but I think he won that point-to-point point in Ireland by something like 49 lengths, but apparently he was really good on the clock. So clock was brilliant, yeah. Clock was, yeah. It was rapid, rapid, quick compared to everything else in the day, yeah. Borderline freakish performance. You know, you think a horse winning that far, not being challenged at any stage of the race, but still runs... A good time. He's obviously got a fair bit of ability. And interesting, this isn't a route, is it, that Paul Nichols goes down? So whether Johnny Delahaye, I think Johnny Delahaye's got more horses than any other owner in the Nichols team now, whether he's twisted his arm to to have a go at this, because I don't think that was the chat straight off the back of, of that win the other day. But yeah, he's interesting. But visually, I didn't think he was the scopiest of individuals. And I thought Dan Skelton's mare here, Let It Rain, she was very impressive at Ascot. The way she went through the race, very, very professional. And, you know, I thought she nailed a good one that day and, and beat him quite nicely. And but because obviously in against the boys here, she is going to be a reasonable price. And another one here, I was quite taken with him on debut. I just thought he'd done an awful lot wrong, Darren, and probably done enough to get himself beat was wingmen for Gordon Elliott. Um, really, Harry Swan, he, he, he couldn't knock a swing out of this fella at Nace on debut. He was keen the whole way. And I just think if he had no ability, he should have fallen in a hole that day. But he picked up and went again when challenged. So because 
you know, we're so recency biased, aren't we, as far as backing horses? Because that was a fair while ago now. We, I think he has been forgotten about a little bit. So, oh, Wingman was an interesting price. I do quite like the bumper. I, I, I think it's generally sometimes the horse has gone under the radar that we've kind of forgotten about a little bit, tend to, to pop up. But, yeah, I thought Dan Skelton's mare, Let It Rain, was worth a look. But definitely Wingman as well for Gordon Elliott in the, the Bechtel Stud colours. Wingman from Paddy Aspel taking a bit of a swing. And from what I can see there, I'll come back to you on the price. I think he's 20 to 1 with our sponsors, 20, yeah. Bet MGM. So a uh, plenty fair swing there from Paddy Aspel. Dermo, I will come to you next. Can you shed any light on the bumper for us? Yeah, I'd just, at big, big odds, I'd like if Baby Kate ran here. Now, I wouldn't be surprised to see her go on and run, uh, you know, the Aintree Mayor's bumper instead. But Baby K was very good, missed the DRF because of the desperate ground there, but was was very good here at Cheltenham at the November meeting, beating uh, Juna Bell, who was uh, fancied that day for Bryony Frost and Lucy Wadham. Um, and that as a decent horse as well. Like, just won really well under Brian Hayes. Uh, the form definitely isn't up to the front for you, but I really like what that horse did that day. The first, uh, first fall out of a Augusta Kate as well, so definitely no uh, no mug of a horse by any means. So Baby K will be one, and then the other one then, the, the, I absolutely love. Both of these are about 25 to 1 each, but again, I'll be waiting on the day to, to see if they actually run. But uh, Flora Fusel as well, who won at the Dublin Racing Festival, um, that was a mad performance because this horse pulled the head off herself for the whole way, basically, on, on that Sunday. Took it up and still had enough of the tank to win by two and a half. Ran away with Jody Townend, um, and still won. If Jody Townend or whoever rides the horse, I imagine Jody would keep the ride. Um, to manage to get this horse settled a little bit, extremely dangerous, especially with there will be a frantic pace on here anyway. There always is in these bumpers, really. Um, she she could as well. So both a big odds, Darren, uh, Baby Kate, and Flora Fusel, because again, as we know in this race, uh, Willie Mullins's first choice doesn't necessarily correspond to the winner all the time here at all. It sure doesn't. Uh, he's had some big price winners in the past. Uh, Paul McKeown's horse that won under Katie Walsh. Uh, relegate. Uh, relegate, wasn't it? Relegate, yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh, I think even Fernie Hollow was a 10 or 11 to one shot the year that, that he went and won this race. So, um, yeah, certainly wouldn't be wouldn't be beyond a big price winner from, from that yard. Baby Kate, of course, bred by former Ireland striker Kevin Doyle. Um, Gary, I am going to move on to you last of all for the champion bumper. I know it's a I mean, not the most hunter-friendly race as we've kind of touched on, but do you have anything you're even leaning towards at this stage? Uh, I'll throw another outside on the mix. Um, now, probably I'll be interested to hear Paddy after this, but um, Gold in the Mountains uh, for Martin Brazel. Um, really like his performance at Christmas. Uh, very taken by it. I, was, I thought he, he went through the race very well and shot a nice nice burst of speed at the end. Uh, that was his second run. He ran first time out in the Punchestown Festival. Where he was fancied as well, he ran okay to be fought. Um, Martin's not one to, to rush his horses, so the fact he's shown up quite well in these bumpers is quite telling, I think. Um, now, he won't be 100% guaranteed to go, but if he does, it's 20 to 1 there, um, plenty of spots at the moment. Um, he looks uncomplicated in regards to tactics with him. Um, I thought he showed, showed a lot there, Leopardstown, like the Tours. Mullins can't go. Um, he he came in one was head in his chest next time out. So form looks solid there. Um, yeah, I think I think there's a lot to like about him, and 
20 to 1 in a very open looking year, um, he'll do for me. Well, the amount is then for Gary Connolly. I know he was a much bigger price in the exchange at one stage, but looks to have shortened up a little bit. So this may actually end up being his intended target. Uh, Paddy Edgemont, can you shed any light on the, the horse's uh, plans? Yeah, no, he's good sort. And if they can keep keep the wheels on him, he'll, he'll definitely go. And I mean, the interesting thing about this horse is, you know, he would have started out life because he was bred by the... A China Horse Racing Club. So, you know, the plans were for this fella to hopefully be be a fairly smart horse on the level, but he's obviously ended up down this route, but he started off with a very good outfit in um when he was with the, the Pat Doyle stable. Obviously, Pat King kept the ride, but he's been both ways. He's been left-handed, he's been right-handed. Just very, very hard to knock this horse. And, you know, like the, the, the boys were saying, the Leopardstown race has worked out quite nicely. So, yeah, fingers crossed he'd be there on the day and and, and definitely deserves to be. Okay, that's a, it's obviously a promise. You don't see too many Almanzars in the uh, in the champion bumper, so that that much is true. So maybe not this lad's initial plan when he was uh, when he came out of the womb, but uh, not to say he can't make up into a perfectly nice national hunt horse. Uh, Gary, I am going to stick with you for the next race on our run order, and that is the Mare's Novice Hurdle. Three very strong candidates to head the market here in the shape of Jade Grugy, Brighter Days Ahead, Dicer Dinos, kind of five to two, the first two and four to one. Dicer Enos there thereabouts. Do you have a strong view on this at this stage? That's an absolute cracking race, this, isn't it? Isn't it, yeah. Isn't it though, actually, like, is it maybe an absolute quality? It's not going to be like a spring whoa, whoa, or a valley. Whoa, whoa. The, shit, the <laughs> shit me and Paddy took down a recent podcast and we said that this was a better race yeah, from you, that, Darren. No, no, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. <laughs> two things can be true at once it can be a brilliant race it's going to be a brilliant race but it's still not a better race in the supreme like isn't no, it just but the wording probably got us caught there so because See, i a better race as in more intriguing race than the Ballymore is is what i yeah not... maybe i i think relatively speaking it's a brilliant race Rel like for what the mirror's novice heard yeah yeah, be, yeah of course but I, race, yeah. I hardly say we've got three fucking gold cup winners in here am i i'm and saying that as, as a race it's a more intriguing affair than what the Bering Bingham probably is. is yeah, may, maybe potentially. Now, after yesterday, Ballyburn may be going to Bering. Anyway, we won't get, we won't go down that road. I'm heartbroken at the moment. Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't anyway, see Ballyburn change. But go on, yeah. Go on, yeah. yeah, well, fingers crossed you're right. Uh, Gary, I stick with you anyhow before Dermot so rudely interrupted us. Brilliant race, as we both said, and we've both been in agreement about that since day one. Uh, what way do you see it going? I think it'd be a crack of betting race now as well because you give the the trade them um every the trade them will have a lot of supporters and this, you can give reasons why any three should win um of the two Irish ones if it comes up soft I think better days bright days ahead wins from those if it comes up anything good I'd be siding with the ball and so on. but I think they both be beat by Dysart Dinos just really like this mare um campaign wise. She's been campaigning not to get the penalty, so she's coming there with five pounds less. Form wise, I think the I've beaten, I've beaten the bat at Cheltenham there in December. I think that's probably the best form on offer in the race. Um, like visually, she's been impressive, but I think there's a lot more to come. She just needs something to to bring it out of her. Like that Aintree Mare's bumper win last year was just brilliant as well. Um, like if she was trained by Millie Mullins, she'd be very short fab now. I think here. And uh, I think she gives Bergen O'Brien his first win. Bergen O'Brien is uh, long over to your first winner at the Cheltenham Festival. You could go as far as to say. Uh, Paddy, are you in agreement with Gary? Yeah, exactly. I, I mentioned Dysart Enos the other day. The only time she has been beaten 
was on her debut in a point to point and you know she finished second only beaten a couple of lengths and she's taken a few scalps since then uh, beat Queen's Gamble at Market Raisin in a listed bumper and another mare here that I wanted to mention she was nine lengths behind her in the edge of bumper was Golden Ace now Golden Ace her form is really starting to come together as well and she is improving herself with racing but the thing with Dice Ardenos yes she's probably shown her hand a bit more than a few of these and you know she's a six year old we've got plenty of five year olds and four year olds in here but she's very very uncomplicated albeit she's quite pacey but she doesn't pull Paddy Brennan can go down the inner he tends to actually ride her uh, the, down, down the outside most times but she's very uncomplicated the, the race hopefully at Donny the other day it was literally only a spin round where she was able to win with her head in her chest should just set her up nicely and I, I would say it again lads honestly I do think that if Paddy Brennan wins on this mare I, I think he'll retire at, at, at Cheltenham because it'll be a massive one for the pair of them obviously Fergal's first Cheltenham winner and obviously Paddy is is you know he's he's 40 odd now and, and he's he's dropped more than than one hint that he's 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 getting right towards the end here so could be a fairy tale story yeah, it'll be a hell of a swan song for uh, for Paddy Brennan, who uh, I I think this year has kind of said he's not going to ride for anybody except for for Fergal O'Brien to try and keep his body uh, in shape for as long as he possibly can. So uh, I don't think anybody would begrudge them um, that joint Cheltenham Festival victory. And Dermot, I will come to you last of all on the Mayor's Novice Hurdle, seeing as it is your uh, race of the week or whatever you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> I know you've got a, a very strong opinion on how this might go, so do you want to enlighten our listeners? There's an old uh, a political career somewhere for <laughs> for you there, Darren, with the, the rewording of this now. Uh, but the uh, <laughs> I think this is a cracking race. Uh, Golden Ace, as pa- as Paddy said, is definitely been overlooked. She's been really really impressive as well. Um, but it is between the first three really. I, I just love the fact that all three camps are just so positive about their mayor. You know, like Gordon Elliott and all of them down there. They cannot have her beaten. They just can't have it. Uh, Jack Kennedy was saying on the road to Cheltenham that you know he'd love to um he'd love to run her in the Supreme he'd he have no putter going going there with her only they have Firefox um you then have Fergal O'Brien obviously who nearly gets giddy about Dice Ardenos and then finally you know you end up here here with Jade DeGruge who I think everyone keeps forgetting how good she was at Christmas you know she hammered that field at Christmas on heavy ground turned up last time did it again different circumstances under Brian Hayes. And it was the confidence that day in the market. When they come for a William Mullins young horse like this, sometimes you just know they're quite good. They smashed this. They smashed her up. She was just, she absolutely battered them. She just, to me, uh, Jade DeGruge is the one. I think she could be very, very good. Um, But it's just great. It really does vindicate Chelham on one decision anyway, that this mare's novice hurdle it's understandably much maligned, but people did keep saying, you know, you you create these races and the horse will come. This kind of backs that up, you know. This this race is really good. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to it. But yeah, I am quite confident, as I have been for quite a while, that Jade DeGruge is just a notch above them. But I think it's one of those races where you could run this ten times and you could end up with nine nine different results. But I think Jade DeGruge does win uh twice out of ten. So I think she's uh, she's the best of these, but again on the day I don't think there'll be much at all between them. Jade Grigie should be an eleven to two shot according to German Nolan. If you want to, I'm only joking. Uh, I, I'm inclined to <laughs> I'm inclined to agree with you. Uh, I think she's the one out of the three of them. I think she's uh, 
probably the fastest if it was over over the mayor's hurdle trip. I actually might side with brighter days ahead myself, but uh, I think at this stage, Jay Degrucci might just be the one that's that's most ready to rock. But the best thing about it is we've only about a month to wait and see. Dermot, I am going to stick with you for the next race on our running order. It's the mayor's chase, uh, and I I would put it to you, Jeremy Nolan. Is Dino Blue not a hell of a bet here at even money? Yeah, she is, and I'm not an even money uh, a man at all. But I don't know. Will will they run uh, Limerick Lace? I think the problem for her is is that she's improved an awful lot over two miles. I think it's a real pity that Impervious isn't here because every horse that Impervious smashed up last season seems to be improving this year. So I think you know she she could be as good as any horse really. But Dinah Blue has completely stepped out into her own. She's been fantastic, but she's been fantastic over two miles. I would love to take her on, but there's nothing here, really. Um, we know where we stand with Allegory Devassi, uh, and she's very short considering, you know, jumping the last last year, she must have traded long odds on in Impervious and just got completely outgunned up, up the running and then putting her place firmly afterwards. Um, this mayor's chase is ultimately disappointing, but injuries has done that. You know, like you could have... Dino Blue versus Hermonia Maker, sorry, not Hermonia Maker versus Halka de Taber versus Impervious, but you know, injury has robbed us of that. Um, so yeah, Darren, evens about Dino Blue, kind of struggling to understand how she's still evens considering what she's done this season. Um, you know, she's on on form and everything else. She is miles clear here. Yeah, I'm I'm completely with you. Like. I, I... I won't say I'm I'm, an, I'm as adverse to back in an even money shot maybe as, as you might be, but I'm looking at this, I'm looking at the makeup of the race and I'm going like, surely she's more of like an 8, 13, 4, 7 shot uh, with what's in front of her at the moment. Uh, Paddy, I'll come to you next of all. Are you in agreement with myself and Dermot or are you trying to take more of an each way swing at this race as it stands? Um, I mean, yeah, I'm a little bit surprised. I thought she'd be a bit tighter at the prices, to be honest, because... I mean, she deserved to run against El Fabiolo last time. And I think she turned up and ran a race that day, albeit beaten by eight and a half lengths. Um, you know, she's very, very solid. There's no doubt. I wouldn't like her really to get much shorter, to be honest, because most of her her best form is two mile, isn't it? She's not an absolute, you know, nailed on over two and a half as far as her best form goes. Um, but so yeah, I'd like her to keep hovering around that sort of price, and you definitely be be very keen. Probably worth giving a mention one here that not many people I don't think will have on the radar, and she was a fair way behind Limerick Lace when they ran at Doncaster, and that was Carol's pass for Amy Murphy. But that day at Doncaster, really, she had no realistic chance. They dropped her out stone last. And all she was doing was picking up the pieces and finishing third that day. Then she got wiped out behind Brights Hill at Huntington when she unseated. But when they stepped her up to three mile at Exeter last week, she won by seven and a half lengths. Now, obviously, it was very deep ground. She travelled, but more so her jumping was fantastic. It really was good. I know, obviously, she would be coming back in trip here. But this is another mare who really is improving at a rapid rate. Of knots and Amy Murphy, very, very capable trainer, especially with these National Hunt mares. So she is going to go under the radar a little bit simply because uh, she's trained by, you know, a small, a relatively small new market trainer. But I definitely have seen worse 25 to 1 pokes than, than Carol's past because probably going to have a bit of pace to aim at here, which she will certainly need because 
she showed the other day in heavy ground over three that she stays, but she could be worth a little poke in in, in a good race like that to at least hit the frame anyway at a price. Ireland's pass for Paddy Aspel, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I, I think, again, this is one of them races where if you can find a runner uh, at a price like that, you're probably as well taking each way a swing because you're not guaranteed to get a full field here, I'd say. Uh, obviously, Limerick Lace is pretty short in the market. She's not a guaranteed runner, etc., uh, etc. Et Gary, obviously, I'll come to you last of all. Uh, I've already laid my cards on the table. If I'm looking for a winner at this stage on the Friday, I know exactly where my money will be going, especially if she's around even money. That would be Dino Blue. Uh, are you in agreement or would you prefer to take a, a more sensible view on the race, let's say? Uh, I'd be definitely taking on Dino Blue um, at the prices. I just, uh, like she holds a big class edge, but I'd just be very negative on the trip, stepping up and trip with her. Um, she does look a two miler to me, so I think she's very vulnerable over this type of trip, especially if the rain arrived on the Thursday or Friday. Um, similar price probably to Aligarda Bassi. Um, so more than likely I'll be laying both. Um, what I'll beat them, I don't know. Um, maybe Brides Hill, uh, who's improving, could outstay both of them. But I don't have a strong opinion on the winner. I'd just be against the top two on the mark, just purely on the trip and grounds. Hopefully it's all. Yeah, that's not, not an unreasonable point of view. Well, I think it's unreasonable. Maybe some of our listeners won't. Uh, trip is definitely a doubt for Dina Blue and Allegory de Bassi. It's impossible to uh, to trust her at this stage. So uh, an interesting race uh, awaits us, I will say. Uh, Paddy, I'm going to come to you. You might be the most uh, knowledgeable out of the, the three of us or the four of us sitting here about the, the last race in our running order. And that is the Hunter's Chase, uh, which also takes place on the Friday, the Cheltenham Festival. Again, I must confess, it's a division that somewhat passed me by this year. I know Friends Lock is the favourite at in and around two to one, nine to four. Um, but I don't know too much about him or any of the other horses that are uh, that are in this. It's not an area of expertise for me. Do you have a, any sort of an opinion on it, be it strong or otherwise at this stage? Well, these are the types of races that you do like. You know, Dermot was saying a minute ago about uh, the cross-country chase. These are the likes of the races that you want Dave Christie turning up in and winning, you know, because this is their bread and butter. This is their bag and... The only seven-year-old Ferns Lock, he is very, very capable. I mean, he's got an RPR of 155, and for a hunter chaser, now that's fairly smart, without a doubt. We've seen it's on the line at a very hard race at Nace the other day, didn't he? Um, but in fairness, he must have an awful lot of ability because you would have had your house on Billaway getting him up the run-in, but he somehow went again and managed to, to hang on Billaway. He's just so hard to gauge, isn't he? Because he can, like he was the other day, be absolutely tailed off. He's 12-year-old now, but he started getting clever a good while ago, Bill away. Uh, but there's an awful lot of ability there. But just whether he's going to lose his posse or, and whether the race falls apart in front of him. The UK, believe it or not, for Chris Barber, the third in here, famous Claremont. Now, this is a fair horse, famous Claremont. I know it is a nine-year-old, but it's in very, very good hands Obviously, Will Biddick would have an awful lot to do with that operation as well. I'm not surprised to see him third in here in the betting famous Claremont. Very, very capable horse. I mentioned he does have to give a little bit of age to one or two of the more fancy rivals here, but certainly wouldn't put a line through him. But hunting-wise, I would be honest with you, Darren, this would never be a race that I would get involved with. But that said, I don't mind watching it because there is always some classy horses on show. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with that. I, I would never pretend to know uh, the, the form book 
inside out or upside down when it comes to this these horses. But uh, it is the result is usually there's a good enough a, a good amount of time there's a story attached to the winner. Uh, that's why we uh, we all love the sport as we do. And I do remember um famous Claremont sluicing through the field last year at Aintree. It was a, a sight to behold, even though it might be the classiest race ever run around that particular track. Uh, Gary, I will come to you next of all for the Hunter Chase. You're into your kind of weird deviant racing, so maybe you might have some sort of a view on this for us. I'll take that as a compliment. Will I? Um, like this race, yeah, it looks a good race. Ferns lock, um, easy the the most talented horse in the field, but I just think he's very soft. Um, if, if it's put up to him, uh, he'll fold uh, up the hill. So I'd be against him in that element. I like that it's on the line. Um, he's just a pure rogue now. Um, yeah, yeah. He, like, he had a lot more left in the tank the last day. Way more, way more. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I wouldn't say he had as hard a race as it looked. Um, to be honest, now hopefully they slap a bit of headgear on him for the festival. Uh, but like he's only a seven-year-old, so there's in this type of race, like there's still, still plenty of upside to him. Um, Emma Mullins is. He's some boy to get them right for, for the day. Um, I'm sure there'll be money arriving from as well. So I think he'll be he'll be tough to be here. Yeah, he's a he's an ignorant Ossad. I think he, even like the whole around I watched that race and like he didn't want to go forward at any stage. He really had to be asked to do the most basic of tasks throughout the race. And then of course with the race at his mercy, he almost threw it away. Uh Billaway, of course, joining that unique group of horses who've traded both thousand in running and one oh one in running and gotten beaten on both counts. So uh, very impressive stuff from him and Dermo I'll finish off with you with the Hunter's Chase at the Cheltenham Festival do you have any sort of a view on what might or might not win it uh, not a race that I tend to go mad on unless I've had a good day I'll have a punt here but Rocky's Howie is the only one I tied that, that horse caught my attention last year ran a blinder probably went too hard from the front was only a seven year old it's eight years old now and actually beat the Emmett Mullins horse it's on the line last time in a point to point Um, so this horse comes from very, very good quarters here in Declan Queely. And if they can just eke a little bit more out of him, who's only four lengths behind last year. He's a year older, year wiser with this stable a bit longer as well. So um, at the odds of 12 to one or so on the day, I definitely will be going hunting the likes of a Rockies Howie, who doesn't have all that much improvement left in him. Or sorry, not all that much improvement to find um, to get involved here. Yeah, for sure. You might like to see him uh, obviously have a run between now and then if possible. From what I can see, he hasn't been out since last May, but that could be just the database that uh, I'm using to, to look him up. Um, I will stick with you, Dermo, for any handicap fancies you might have at this stage. I know it's pretty early, but if there's anything that's catching your eye already, do feel free to shout it out. You're on mute. <laughs> so obviously, obviously the uh the entries are soon so that's that's probably one of the issues here but the um when are the entries derma they're in today and the weights are out next week um right. but the the under the, unfortunately with the scheduling but the ones that i'm looking forward to darren are um i'd love under control in the coral cup i see she's actually in the more battle at the weekend which could see jp going for that um double you know, you get the yeah, bonus from hundred grand bonus yeah. boat. So yeah, so um, she to me does look very well handicapped of one hundred and thirty eight, especially on a line through um, through the bet for hurdle winner. So she's one hundred percent one, and then the other one, they're both handicapped hurdlers, both for Nikki Henderson, both owned by JP. 
No Ordinary Joe has had a season of being absolutely plotted beyond all belief. Uh, <laughs> second in the Martin Pipe last season and hasn't raised the leg since this year. If you actually watch back that Martin Pipe, he travels all over them and just gets edged out late on by what is a very smart horse in Oroco. Uh, no Ordinary Joe ran an absolute screamer that day. Maybe actually committed a little bit too much. But early doors won the Martin Pipe a year after going close and they did damn all with him all season and then he came back to Cheltenham. No Ordinary Joe has looked a very, very similar proposition. Um, He's he's basically on the same weight. I think it's one pound in the difference. Um, So No Ordinary Joe and under control. I do think Nicky Henderson has quite a bit now for the handicap hurdles if he wants to, uh, to fly at them. Very good, yeah. Two JP runners there for for German Nolan, and uh, he'd be no stranger to having a handicap winner. Was well, so what was the year that he nearly went through all the handicaps? Cheltenham Bar was maybe one or two. Was that two years? Yeah, ago? damn the company. No, was it damn the company? Saint Wah was this? Saint Wah. That could be season? it. Yeah, yeah, that could be it. I, Barry, I, I vividly... Barry Garrity's last season. Yeah, yeah, that's ringing the bell. That's ringing the bell. I yeah, just damn the company. Epiton won the champion hurdle. Damn the company won the Coral Cup. Saint Wah won the. County hurdle, yeah, yeah, he, he nearly went through yeah. the wall, yeah. yeah. Early doors, was it? Early doors, early no, doors, uh, different sorry, season, different season, yeah. Sorry to burn, I, I, it, won't, it won't come to you now anyhow, but like, I, I vividly remember the green and gold being in the winners and goals were quite frequently that week, and uh, pretty much all of them were plot jobs, so which we love to see. Uh, Paddy Aspel, I'm going to come to you next. Any early handicap fancies for the Cheltenham Festival? I know it's a bit tricky without the old entries and weights, but anything that's caught your eye throughout the season? Yeah, Darren, I thought the UK horse that Sophie Leach brought over and, and nicked a few quid off you boys for the, the DRF. I thought Madara was interesting because he's got a grand annual entry and he's got an entry in the plate as well. Round about 12 to 1 for the grand annual, but very, very early days over fences for this fella. You know, he's only a five-year-old. I think he's only had very, very limited runs over fences, but just the way he travelled through that Leopardstown race for a horse of his experience and he bolted up essentially, didn't he? But um, obviously he'll have a bit more on his plate come Cheltenham, but very, very hardy horse, Madara. There's a couple of others there as well. Uh, we spoke about for the DRF, I put up Ted Walsh's GQ. I just think that now they've stepped her up and trip. You know, she looked at the top of her mark, even going up the three mile, but she's been very, very competitive and probably fair to say she was a little bit unlucky at the DRF. Um, she still ran a screamer. You know, Ted Walsh, honestly, the last two months, He's only a small stable, but their strike rate's incredible. Another winner yesterday at Hungerstown. Um, I mean, how much is that uh, book a book got in hand? He, he, Honestly, you know, yeah, he could have twenty pound more. Yeah, when he sees the fence as well, I'd say he, there, there's no there's no end to his improvement. I'd say. And and then when he did hit the front, he went down to the last thing he'd never seen a hurdle. I mean, he he's got any amount in hand. Um, but yeah, their their yard ticking along really nicely, and a couple of others, obviously Angels Dawn. Um, for the um, what's the chap's name? The trains Angels Dawn. Curling, 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 yeah. Sam curling, yeah. Angels Dawn, very, very solid horse. Um, really is, and 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 tends to be a backable price as well. But probably the most interesting one, I thought, was just watching racing yesterday, lads. Was, um, Westport Cove for the Martin Pipe, because obviously. They ran him in the Cheltenham bumper last year, but he was an absolute runaway. Even even when he won on debut with Patrick on, he ran away with Patrick the whole way. Obviously, he had earplugs the whole carry on for the for the but the Cheltenham bumper would be far too much for for a crazy thing like him. 
But obviously, he's a year older. He is. He has been a bit better this time. But the last two times, Michael O'Sullivan has ridden him, and they've dropped him in. And he ran very, very well at Clonmel, where he wasn't beaten very far. And then he ran in that Tully Hill race yesterday, and he dropped him in again, and he's settled much better. Now, he's beaten 12 lengths, but he really wasn't given a hard time. It'll be interesting to see what sort of mark he gets. And obviously, is Willie putting uh, June and Michael up to ride him? And probably the most interesting thing is he's, he's obviously asked Michael, drop this horse in and see if we can if we can get him set up to, to deal with the hustle and bustle of a, of a Martin Pipe. If, if he was to get a reasonable sort of mark, I definitely thought he could be worth a look if he goes in the Martin Pipe. Yeah, very fair comment. Not the only horse in that Tully Hill race yesterday. I think should be given an easy time of it with uh, maybe a view to future plans. So we shall see where Westport Cove ends up. Obviously owned by uh, by Cahill Hughes of Port West fame from uh, from from Westport County Mayo. Whereas I think I'm assuming that's where the horse got his name. Uh, Gary Connolly, I will come to you last of all for hopefully at least one Cheltenham handicap fancy uh, at this stage. Yeah, like it's it's tough to have any bets now at the moment, but before the wait come out, um, I'll be with them on that now ordinary Joe. Um, if you want to see how Mark Walsh got that JP job, just rewatch that last race. Uh, an absolute masterclass uh, he gave that horse. So he's definitely of interest. Um another one like that was listening to Garner Oscar. Um it's probably one of the only Mullins and novices to have the four runs. So um, really strong form with Cork and Reed and Tommy Wrong. Um, that steps up and trip for the mountain pipe, depending on what sort of mark he gets. Um, he'd be definitely of interest. But yeah, that's it. I'll have a look at the weights next week and then I'll start trying to find some bets then. But it's just too tough without seeing. Uh, one thing I would say, I'd be really strong in the English in the handicaps. Uh, I think they're going to dominate the handicaps this year. Um, like I said, a handicapper set of stalls out what exactly he's up to with these marks. Um, I think the Irish will find it very tough this year. Um, and I, I won't be surprised if the English won. They'll, they'll easily win more, but they, they, they could go closer to them. Yeah, some maybe uh, some long overdue uh, lenient handicapping from the, the English handicapper. They have uh, had their trousers pulled down more than once over the last decade or so. So. There'll be time to, uh, to even the scale somewhat. Anyway, in that, in any case, that brings us to the end of this Monday's Race Hour podcast. Again, with thanks to our sponsors, BetMGM UK and in association with Gambling.com. Also, we'll be back later on this week to have a quick preview of the this weekend's racing ahead of our big Cheltenham preview night in the GOAT next week, where I believe we had some ticket winners who uh, will get in contact with through x slash formerly twitter the artist formerly known as twitter i should say but anyway until then we will chat to you soon gamble responsibly and see you later on the week